Episode 13 of the Prolific Christian Writer Podcast. Today we talk to hybrid author Gene Wise on dealing with rejection, blogging, and building a platform. Welcome to the Prolific Christian Writer Podcast, where we believe you can change the world with your words. Follow an indie author and pastor and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on how you can honor Christ and change the world by writing fast, writing often, and writing well. I'm your host, Tian Doan. Now let's get on with today's show. Welcome to the show. My name is Tian Doan. Before we get on to today's interview, I want to share some exciting news with you. Uh, just this week, uh, only a couple of days ago, uh, my third book uh, just launched, and uh, the book is called The Devil and Dr. Sarks. It's a book on spiritual warfare, and uh, I'm actually a little bit uh, a little bit nervous about this book and how it's going to be received, and the reason why is this book, I actually... Uh, turned off most of the inner internal editors and I was really trying to be myself and, and find my voice. And uh, even though it was a book on spiritual warfare, it actually, I tried to add a lot of humor and a lot of stories in it. So anyways, we'll see how it goes. I'm not sure how it's going to be received, uh, but uh, I encourage you to get it. The Devil and Dr. Sarks and it is debut um, at only 99 cents, and I'm not sure how long I'm going to uh, keep it at 99 cents before it goes to, to full price. There's also a paperback uh, Create Space print-on-demand version if you're interested in that. So uh, go out and check it out, The Devil and Dr. Sarks. Uh, so let's uh, uh, get on with today's interview. Today I have on uh, a hybrid author, and uh, you should really uh, enjoy this interview. I, I enjoyed uh, doing the interview. Well, one want to welcome you to the show today. Our guest is a hybrid author. She's both traditionally and uh, traditionally published and self-published. I think, from my research, she has nine books out, and she uh, blogs at uh, healthyspirituality.org. Really glad to have author Gene Wise on the show. So welcome, Gene. Thank you, and thank you for having me here. I look forward to our conversation. Well, uh, before we get started, uh, let's talk a little bit about who you are, a little bit about your background, and maybe how you started writing. I think you said something about you come from a family of writers. Talk about I that. Do, I do, I do, and I'll go back in history just a little bit. I'm actually in my. I have ancestor roots to Zane Gray, who you know wrote a lot of books a long time ago. But yeah. I think my biggest influence was my great aunt Anna who had her PhD in theology in the 1920s from Columbia traveled the world she was in Japan and Germany and in and China served as a missionary over there and wrote three books published two of them so I've always felt like a real connection with that and then I've had some aunts and even my mom wrote a little bit so it's kind of come down all the way through kind of a strong legacy of writers in my family did you always want to be uh, a writer did you always picture that Actually, even when I was a little girl, I did some writing and I and did a lot of did some journalism in high school and really thought I was going to go in, into English and uh, maybe journalism or English or some sort of creative writing and just felt a distinct call when I was 16 to nursing. And I have no regrets for t going as an adult. Most of my career was in nursing. I, that has been a wonderful career, nurturing and, and taking taking care of people's health and God's just blessed me tremendously that here in the second half of life, I was able to retire early and develop a speaking and a writing ministry. And uh, it's kind of like it's a full circle that's come around again. Well, that's that's uh, that's probably encouraging for a lot of people because um, you just you got started writing after a full career. Uh, can you tell us when your first uh, book was uh, published? How, how old were you? Uh, oh, I got to think about that. Probably in my early to mid fifties, I would think was when, when, when the first book, when I started contributing about four of the books I contributed to Barber Publishing were like their, their full books of like 365 devotions for women on da, 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 or something along that. And I probably wrote 30 or 40 of those devotions in there. So those were probably my first print books on that. And it was, it's just nothing beats the excitement of seeing your name and print on a book. <laughs> so was that hard for you to think about 
uh, you know, starting later in life uh, because, you know, a lot, there's a lot of people who I, I hear like, well, it's it's, it, you know, I'm I'm too old or, um, you know, was it hard for you? Uh, it, the, the, the difficulty it was, was that when I retired, you kind of lose your identity. You lose your identity, you know, because you, you were known by what you do and by your role and uh, by your career and all that. And the year I retired, we became empty nesters. So uh, uh, the kids were gone. And so it was almost, I felt like I was 14 again and kind of going through an, an identity crisis. But I always wanted to write. And I felt that that was something, you know, I'd went to some writers workshops and I kept learning and I knew I wanted to try that. So the, it, the difficulty was kind of making that shift to something new, kind of a new identity. But, and it took me a couple of years before I could call myself a writer, but I do call myself a writer now. So it, it comes. So how did you get started? So you went, you you're trying. You're 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 looking for yourself. You're trying to find whatever the next stage is, and uh, talk about that process. You said it was a t- couple of years. Actually, I think what started was before I retired, and and I, uh, it's kind of a passion of mine to tell people. A lot of times we talk about preparing for the second half of life, and we think financially only, and we forget that we also want to have some sort of meaning in life or some sort of call. And I think we're called to uh, to give and serve others till the day we die, if we can. <laughs> so I was searching for something along that line. And so while I was still working, took some classes and some training, even some one-day workshops to kind of learn a little bit more about writing and dabbled in a little bit on article writing at first. I guess that was probably the first thing and then got some articles published. Then when I retired, I had at least one foot started into that career a little bit, and that kind of helped, I think, in the transition. But I definitely say going to writers' conferences make a big difference. Um, talk about the, that second half, uh, thing again. Um, I think that, that was very intriguing and very insightful what you said that a lot of people, when they think about retirement, they, they prepare financially. Um, but, uh, you talk about impact, talk about that. Well, you got to think, you know, all of us want to live a meaningful life and have uh, have a reason to get up in the morning. And I think sometimes when people retire, they forget that, you know, they, they, they don't, uh, I, I, I'll tell you a quick story here. I have a good friend that is a uh, Dominican nun. And I said to her once, I said, Nancy, I said, I see nuns either very crippled in a nursing home like setting or I see them working. I said, do nuns ever retire? And she goes, oh, no, Jeannie, we we find all we do is we find a new ministry. And I thought that was really neat. The ministry could be somebody in the second half of life could be volunteering. The ministry could be babysitting for their grandchildren. The ministry could be any could ministry could be starting a podcast, you know, and uh, sharing something on that. You know, the ministry your ministry we could but we could always give and serve others. It sounds like the first half of your life was, um, and the second half. Uh, they have a lot of similarities because you were a nurse, you got you raising kids and you're it's all about other people and blessing others. And now you're doing it sounds like you're doing the same thing, but in a different avenue. Well, when you think about it, I, I kind of I feel like my call now is to help nurture people closer to God. And the root word nurture is also the same word for nurse. So hmm. I've often thought maybe I've had kind of, maybe I've had the same identity all along. I nurtured people towards health <laughs> in my career, nursing career. And now maybe I'm nurturing people, hopefully towards God with a healthy spirituality. So now uh, you sound very upbeat and excited about what you, you're, you're doing. Um, but uh, it wasn't always that way. It, it, you mentioned uh, in our email that you've had, you had some hurdles to get started. Um, you know, talk, about, talk about that, the hurdles. Okay. One of the things, you know, as writers, we deal with rejection. And I think that sometimes can be 
I could just pull the rug out from you. <laughs> you know, you think, oh, I'm not going to be able to be a writer. I'm not going to make it in this world. And it, it, it's a it's a hard industry, I think, sometimes to keep at it because there is some rejection to that. And the hurdle I, I shared with you is that I had met a literary agent at a writer's conference and we really hit it off. I really liked this agent. And I really felt this was time. I had some experience under my belt. And so I sent her a, a, a proposal and I waited and I waited and I got rejected. And I was just devastated because I really thought she was it. I just thought I had, this, this, I had arrived, you know, and this was going to be the answer. She rejected me in a very beautifully written letter, and her comment was that she took my material to her boss, and they talked about me for a while, which I thought that was interesting, and they decided my platform wasn't big enough, that I had to work on it. And, you know, you just I, I know some of your listeners will roll their eyes because we want to write. We don't want to work on all this marketing and platform, and uh, here I was, and I thought I'd built some platform, but it wasn't big enough for her agency is really what it was. So it wasn't a personal rejection. I just wasn't ready for her at this time. And the the thing that I got around that was, is I will tell you, I uh, uh, quit for about two days, licked my wounds, <laughs> and said, oh, you know, and then I thought, no, okay, if this is the issue to build my platform, how do I build my platform? And I, I really kind of took a deep breath and started over and I created this thing called um, a platform power my power up platform 100 day challenge and I said I'm going to give myself 100 days to see if I could start building my platform more and I did a brain dump and I created a mind map I love mind maps and I created a mind map and uh, came up with certain tasks to do. And over that next 100 days, I kind of divided it out by weeks and months. And I really worked on it and built, started to see a result on my email list was growing. The number of followers I had on my social media was growing. And so I was making a dent in growing my platform. And I can say now, that was probably two years ago, I just got an agent a couple weeks ago. So I'm all excited now. I have been signed by yeah. an agent. So I think, uh, you know, we get rejected as writers. It's going to happen and give yourself a couple days and then get back to work. Get back to work. It can be done. So um, that's actually one of my frustrating things. And I talked to a lot of uh, Christian authors and a lot of pastors and even talked to some agents. And that's that the platform question is always one of the main questions they ask they don't they don't necessarily ask uh you know are is your writing any good do you have any good ideas they 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 want to know you know how many followers do you have if you haven't eaten like what how do you feel about that i have oh. my own opinions well, I, I will tell you, I, you know, as a writer, I want to write. I want to be, I want to create this content, and that's I want to spend a hundred percent of my time in that area. I think the reality of this business is we've probably got to spend about, I don't know, fifty percent of our time writing and fifty percent of our time marketing. You know, that's just uh, unfortunately that's the kind of the uh, frustrating side of this right now, and. It gets overwhelming, I think, a lot of times for a lot of us writers that we think we have to do it all at once. And the thing I learned on that 100-day challenge was just to take one day at a time and take one step at a time and just kept at it. And it slowly grew. And it kind of make a difference the next time I went after an agent. And in between collaborating with those other books, you, you've self-published a couple of books. Um, tell us why you decided to self-publish and what that process was. Okay. The self-publishing I've done has basically been through the Amazon Create Space and their KDP program. It's basically what I've used. And part of it was a little bit of... I wanted to get some books out there. I wanted to get some of God's, what I felt message God was giving me out there. Also, I knew I had several of the ideas I had were shorter books. They were more like 20, 30,000 words instead of the uh, higher ones that maybe publishers would be uh, interested in. And also several of the books would be good for the, uh, just 
to take along with me when I do speaking and retreats so that I could have to uh, either sell or to give away. It's it's kind of fun to have some books with you to give away to a stranger and on that you're sitting next to on the airplane that just needs that book at the right time. You know, so it's, it's kind of a gift. I like doing that. So uh, I have self-published, I think, about four or five books now. And uh, I will continue to self-publish. I, I think there there's a definite place to be a hybrid uh, um, author that you're both traditionally and uh, uh, self-published. I, I think it's we are, we have a great opportunity right now in this world with self-publishing. Talk about uh, doing both. Uh, why not one or the other? Why why do you think hybrid is a great way to go? Well, there's advantages. If you can, and, right? You, yeah, you gotta, well, there's advantages and disadvantages of both, you know, and uh, the. the length of time it takes to get a traditional book published is just it's like two three years sometimes by the time you get your foot in the door and get a contract and you lose some control over it also a traditional publishing and the the, uh with uh self-publishing you have the control but that's also a disadvantage because you've got a lot to control you know the from the book cover to the editing to the you can't blame anyone else either you can't you can't get mad at your agent because you're the agent (laughs) That's right. So it's kind of neat to be able to. Last year, I just kind of put my mind together that I was going to do X number of books and being a self doing a self publishing, I could get those number of books done. Um, not entirely by yourself, because I believe you really got to send them out and get them edited by other people. So you got to have more than one set of eyes on that if you really want to put a quality book together on that. But uh, I've enjoyed the self-publishing. It, it, it kind of gives you uh, the results quicker, I think, you know, than to, to drag things out. And it's creative. It's wonderfully creative. You know, um, last uh, my last interview was with uh, Shelly Hitz, and mm-hmm. uh, I think you're a member of her Author Audience Academy. And yes. so can you, can you tell us a little bit about the importance of a community and having maybe a coaches and just even people to like, what's the best thing about having a community of people and having a coach? How, how, how has it been helpful for you? It's been very helpful for me. I, I think, uh, and I think maybe a lot of the writers can identify this as introverts. We can get very kind of single focused and, and narrow, narrow focused of, uh, in our work and, I think God's made us for community. It's made us made us to learn from one another. Um, an example would be is you could you get feedback sooner in a community. Um, I was online today with a couple of writer friends, and I threw out an idea of a book that I'd like to work on this year. And within about five minutes, one of them really come up with a really neat tagline that I would have never come up on my own. And it was, she was coming from her perspective and another one asked me questions that I hadn't considered yet. I thought, Ooh, I'm going to have to add that to the book. That's going to be a hot, another whole chapter. Hmm. So, uh, it, improves your work to get that feedback back and forth and you could do it online you could do it in an academy like shelley's author audience academy uh you could do it um on even in person at a local writers group i've done all those and i've each time i've learned something is it scary being that vulnerable oh i think it always is a little bit but you got to take some risks you've got to i think if you're going to expand and grow you got vulnerable is the way to you know you got to just take the risk in life i think well it's it's better to hear it before it's published than you know after you get the one star reviews right correct correct and that and i really think the product would be is better when it's you've had the feedback from some other people and uh well even if it's not maybe even if it is a little discouraging you know it it i think you you're going to produce a better product something you could be proud of uh so i uh bumped around and i found your blog healthy spirituality.org can you talk about your blog i have i have had more fun with my blog i started it about 2009 i've got over 1500 blog posts now wow and i t- this story, what's your schedule what's your schedule I, I i publish twice a week now on tuesdays and thursdays uh, and 
only occasionally do I publish more than that. It's just basically I keep it twice a week. So about how, how long are they? Like fifteen hundred, two thousand words, or I don't think longer? they're over three thousand. I would say around a thousand words. Mm-hmm. About a thousand words. Yeah. Uh, sometimes a little bit shorter, but I have a tendency to go a little bit longer because it's also sometimes a teaching blog. I try to give examples on on in the blog and, and resources and linkage to help people grow in their faith. And I kind of got dragged into blogging. <laughs> I didn't want to be a blogger. And so I what's, was the, what's the story? Did someone tell you that you needed to do that, or is yeah, this part of your building your platform? Is that what it is? Well, it was real initially on. It was probably about my second writer's conference. And I was sitting with five friends that I had gotten to know online from the writer's conference. And we were just sharing. They said, oh, Jeannie, you got to start a blog. Everybody start blogs. you got to start a blog. And I said, I do not want something else to do. I don't have time to start another blog I'd, or any blog. I don't have time for this. And they said, oh, yeah, and we're sitting around. And so we all started blogs that day. And I think out of the five of us, I'm the only one still blogging. And uh, it has been one of the best things, I think. It's it's honed, honed my writer's voice. I'm a better writer. I'm a clearer writer because I've had to, you know, I, I've uh, to to find the words to explain something. I, I think it has made me more of an expert that people look at is that I've developed an expertise in a lot of this faith practices is the spiritual practices that we talk about on healthy spirituality. It has built my platform. It's, you know, grown to, to, I think I've got, I've got over 800 on that email list now for that uh, blog post. And there are times in, over Christmas, I had one post that got like 10,000 views it was just amazing, you know, it's the, the page views on that post. But anyway, it was, it's, it's been creative. It's been uh, skilled honing. I think I've gotten better at my skill at writing. And a place to express and kind of explore even my own faith. So it has been a great experience to be a blogger. So for new writers who are trying to get an agent or get published or whatever, wherever they're at, um, why would you encourage them to start a blog? Like, what's what are good? I don't have a blog um, because I yeah, I I do. But uh, the blog is and and I actually want to do some other things, uh, but I I, um, I need to do something other than writing because I want to focus my writing in my books. So I do other creative things and mm-hmm. platform building things. But, uh, but for those who are, are just getting started, who, who want to, who need some practice, really, why is uh, blogging a really good way of doing that? I think it's a way to kind of, we talked about identity, you kind of find your voice and you can discover, you learn to express yourself there in the blog. I think it helps in this whole area of platform. You know, you hear the expression about as content creators, we have to have a home base and from everything from I've heard from people into marketing that kind of the three home bases that you could Develop one of these that you can own, and a blog is one, a podcast is one, and uh, or a YouTube channel where you're producing video contents. The other where it's just you, and the all the others is like you know, and all the social media and stuff are owned by others, managed by others. But those are three that you can kind of grasp. You might be a video person, you know, somebody might do wonderfully with. Facebook Live and YouTube videos, you know, and that could be their creative outlet. Your example of you in a podcast is a great place for creativity and learning. Look what you're learning as you interviewed all of us and, you know, the different people and you're helping other people at the same time, you know, as we listen to your podcast. You know, I think it's a great ministry. That's Thank you. Thank you. So you talk about uh, it's a way of discovering your voice. So what was... What was Gene Wise's voice 1,500 posts ago? <laughs> I think it was probably someone else's voice <laughs> 1,500 posts ago. You know, somebody else is uh, trying to sound like someone else and not being a true, authentic Gene Wise, you know, at, at that, that point. And now, the, the other, I wrote a blog post at the first of the year where I was very honest about my journaling that I do at the end of one year and the beginning of the next. And 
I literally, my fingers just kind of glided over the keyboard and I said, I said to my readers, I said, I feel very vulnerable as I'm writing this because I says I'm sharing something very deep and intimate about my process. And when I talked to God and I shared that and I had some of the that came across to the readers as real and authentic. I had some wonderful responses from that. I actually want to talk about uh, um, a couple of your blog posts. That uh, okay. one that caught my attention was about writing spiritual goals. Is that, that the one? Was, was that the one? That was the one. Yeah, that was the one. Well, just... well, you're on to something. Let's talk about writing spiritual goals. What 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 was the main point of that blog post, and why do you think uh, it touched a lot of people? I think I was very honest with that, 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 uh, you know, we talked about vulnerability a little bit ago, and I think that was, I was vulnerable in that post, and I'm vulnerable in front of God when I approach, approach him with my spiritual goals. Um, what I do at the process of each year is I spend some, a lot of time in prayer, and I ask God for his guidance, where does, how does he want me to grow in that coming year. So how do you want me to grow in 2018? And then I do some free writing. I kind of read my uh, journal from the year before to see if, if any patterns or words or a Bible verse has bubbled up. And then I kind of do some free writing. A lot of times I'll, I will do some wishes and hopes and dreams maybe for my family. And then how do I want to write this year? How does he want me to, how does he want my heart to be more like him by the end of the year? And I just write it out. It almost becomes a very open prayer between God and me writing back and forth. And then I just hold it up to him and say, take this and do what you want to do with it, you know, and so I become who you want to be. So uh, I just kind of give it back to him at the end. So it's very, it's a process very bathed in prayer and I think some honest struggling and really telling God my deepest, deepest desires, because I think he gives us those deep desires. So it, it seems like uh, this blog post was, was kind of, you know, um, got a little bit of traction and yeah. was shared around a little bit and uh, one of the uh, reasons is, you know, it was a new year. People uh -huh. normally start talking about New Year's resolutions or goal setting or what. And then you took that concept that everyone's talking about, but then you gave it a little bit of spin because it wasn't writing your goals down. is writing your spiritual goals. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about even just like the the, the process of getting something you know, you, using what people are talking about and, 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 you know, why that actually was a very timely thing. Uh, the one thing I do on the blog is I do create an editorial calendar for myself. And actually, I try to create it almost a year ahead of time, though I don't put details on much to about a quarter of a time ahead. And I look at what's coming up, the church seasons, the some of the odd holidays, because sometimes there's some or like an odd holiday. There, there's, there's one hot, uh, odd holiday out there, and I can't remember what time of year. It's like, what's your middle name? <laughs> you know, you could start with a concept, an yeah. idea like that, and just talk about how you got your name. People always are fascinated how people got named and the stories behind their names. And it always gets a good discussion and engagement with your readers on that. But then you could bring it back to that. We're all named as children of God, you know, and to bring that back and you could, you could put a spiritual twist to it. And, and uh, I'm uh, waiting for national donut day. You know, when that is, day is? I could, I bet you can <laughs> Google that and find that out. Cause there is a donut day. Yeah. I did a children's message. I, I call that Wednesday. Yeah, hey, I love that. <laughs> yeah, the stuff because they, 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 they there's a message out that you could do something like don't look at the donut hole, look at the donut. You know, don't get, yeah. you know. There's, there's all sorts of things you could do with those fun holidays and stuff. So, so you're pretty I, planned I, out. So you got you got over a hundred blog posts that you got to do this year, right? Yeah. And so, I have some idea what some of them will be now. And then sometimes I pick themes. If you were on, you notice on Thursday, last year, we'll use 2017, each month I took a different spiritual practice. 
And on the Thursday posts, we had explored that spiritual practice. Hmm. And this year, 2018, is what I call the year of prayer. So we're going to really explore prayer on Thursdays throughout the whole year. So there's going to be different types of prayers and resources on prayers and why do we pray. And so you could, but you could take something uh, that's um, in the news and, and do it, you know, and, and would you, tie would it you Would you bundle uh, this content content up in a book or, or is it just kind of, are you thinking that strategically down the road? Two things I do, and this would be a good tip for any of your bloggers, is that when I do a series, I always have a freebie or some sort of printable that they could download in exchange, for example, for their email address. And so that helps build my, and that has been significant to build my uh, email list. I will tell you that people like to get free things and then then they become on my mailing list on, on, on that. And the second thing I've done just this year is I went back and looked, I've got, you know, a good two years worth of these different printables. And I went back and looked to see several of them that are the, what I would say were the ones that were downloaded the most. And one I've turned into an online course on prayer, prayer journaling, actually. And the other one I am taking is going to make it into a self-published book. I'm going to expand upon it, you know, this year and make that into a new book this year. I think it'll be on a spiritual practice. So yes, I have kind of done a little bit more than just writing one time. You can repurpose your material. Oh, that's excellent. Uh, another blog post uh, that you had, uh, actually, I think it was a series that, that, that I just looked at the first one, but it was about uh, writing uh, your rule f- for life. What uh-huh. is that concept and where did you get that from? That concept has been, well, actually, it's been around uh, since the early monks, the early monks in the early centuries. Is. You could have claimed it yourself. You didn't, you know. You, no, you I'm not going to claim that one. <laughs> I like to call it, instead of rule for life, it, uh, uh, Ruth Haley Barton wrote a book called Sacred Rhythms. And I like that concept instead of rules per se. But you create what's good rhythms for you to have a healthy spirituality. And for like for me, I know that's daily prayer. I know that's daily reading the scriptures. I know that's doing service projects. I know it is not always talking to God, but spending some quiet time listening to him. It's, it's what fe- I know it's going on. I have a serious practice of going on retreat, a silent retreat at least once a year. And it's those kind of what practices help draw you closer to God that are you value and you write those down and then you periodically kind of look at them and check yourself on them. How are you doing? And often I find like, Oh, I'm not doing real good on this one. I need to, it's been a while since I've done this, you know, I'm a journaler. I like to keep a journal. And sometimes I get, I don't journal all the time and I miss it when I don't journal. So it's, I like the idea of calling it rhythms, not rules. Cause I, I don't want to be a rule breaker type thing, you know, but the rhythms, it's what normal, what, what kind of works regularly enough in my life that helps me feel like I'm growing closer to God? What, uh, what part of the whole writing life and the whole writing process do you enjoy the most? Oh, I think I like the creativity side of it. I, I love coming up with an idea and thinking what it could be and kind of it's it's like taking a, a a lump of clay the first time and you you kind of squish it with your hands and you think hmm i wonder what this will become you know and you that play and just let your imagination go all the what ifs what if we did this that's one reason why i like mind mapping you know i mentioned that earlier you know i know that you could do it on paper you could do it on the computer you know but just a, that brainstorming of all the ideas and you're not going to use all 20 or 50 ideas you come up with but then out of that batch you see those gems that start bubbling up and it just it makes it, it it's 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 just the creativity of it then you got to do the work and do the writing that, <laughs> that, that i'm pretty goal-oriented so i can get that done but that's the work part and then you got to go with the editing and the, and the publishing from there you know but so so uh you you enjoy yeah you enjoy the 
creating the idea, the concept of it first. Uh, well, what what else is your your process? The you said the rest is work. Uh, it sounds like you're pretty prolific. You get work done. Like, do you have a writing uh, discipline? Like early in the morning? Do you have a certain number of words a day? What 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 is your process of writing and like, editing? Like, my biggest process is I am an outliner. I do like outlining and, and have a sense of where I'm going, though you got to kind of hold that loosely because sometimes the story carries itself or something new does bubble up. But I think my process is I am a morning person and I have a morning ritual that I do. I get up in the exercise and I do my morning devotions and then I try to hold office hours here. Here I've got an office here in my home and I'm, sitting down at this uh, this time from from morning like say the 8 8 to 11:30 and I spend time writing and that so it's not always so much words but it is I would say time actually focused on writing I do my best writing in the morning but though I a lot of times I don't try to waste the afternoon or evening too I, there's time especially if you're on trying to get something done by a certain time you got to use a lot of that time to write what what part of the writing life or writing process do you like the least? Is it the is it the editing? Is it the marketing? What 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 do you can't stand? Well, the marketing can be creative too, even though it, it, it's uh, kind of intimidating sometimes. I would think the editing, you know, that, that it's it's um, hard to see your creation is something that's almost like your baby get changed around a little bit and it's a little bit you know i, I when the, you get it back from the editor i before i open it up i always kind of like oh is it going to have a lot of red ink and you know a lot of them don't use red ink anymore but or is it going to have a lot are they not going to like my grammar and it's just and then you uh sometimes i get down on myself because i i'm not a very good use of commas yeah. And do, do you like, do one draft and then send it off, or do you um, edit it yourself? You take it. I self-edit it first. I self-edit it. You print it out and read several it several times. Several times, self-edit it, and then I'll put it out to several editors. And then I've got a couple people that are also good readers for me, and often all of them miss something. <laughs> it seems like we find something later. And I think, so oh, I get what do you, what do you mean several editors? You, you send them all out at the same time or do no, you just no, one at a time? No, I'll send them out. My practice has been to send them out one at a time and on that one editor and get that back and kind of use their corrections and then send it out to another set of eyes to look at. And sometimes at that second set of editor, I will also send it to several of my friends that will be readers, like beta readers on it, to give their take. And I always ask them, I said, if you find a grammar mistake, please let me know. But let me know where it doesn't flow or let me know where they – a lot of times they read it for more of the material and the flow of the material. And that's that's kind of neat to get their take of what they got excited about and what maybe I need to make a little bit clearer. I've got one friend that will say, I really like this chapter, but this paragraph really threw me off. It's not clear enough. And that's, that tells me, you know, that's, I trust her reading of that, you know, so I need to go back and work that paragraph more. Um, what, uh, what is the most helpful writing advice uh, you received? Um, I would say, you know, you, you, you always here to, uh, write what you know. And somebody told me right one time, kind of turned that around a little bit. It says, write what you want to know. And I like that. I like finding an idea that I'm curious about, that I want to know more about. And I think that helped build my passion for that project. Okay, and why, why is that different than write what you know? I, I totally agree with you, but I just yeah. want to hear from your, your point of view. Yeah. If, you know, if, if I, uh, I think I could take the reader along with a journey with me in discovering and exploring whatever it is where that idea is. And I think it brings more of a passion and a sense of wow, look at this. Did you know this? You know, <laughs> did you realize this or look at this? I, I think the excitement will come through in my writing better when it's something I, 
I know this much about and I want to know a lot more about, you know, I yeah. get excited about that. And it's something that you, you say you want to know, something that you're really interested in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love that because, you know, there's a lot of things that we know that might be helpful to other people, but, but because you already know it and master it, it, it kind of feels tedious to write it down because it, yeah. you know it's just something but when i you know have something that i want to learn about i want to research i'm excited about i feel like that project goes so much quicker because i'm learning it for the first time and it's new and it's fresh so that's great advice and i think that comes through your writing then too that communicates i think the reader can pick up on that excitement that you have for the material then they can get excited for that material too and they might say me too me too i take me along on your adventure as you explore whatever we're exploring what was the least helpful writing advice you received was there something that someone told you that just like no that was terrible advice I think probably the opposite of what we just talked about was like, you know, that, that write what you know. And, you know, you. I, I think sometimes we can get pigeon, uh, pigeonholed into a certain topic. Uh, I did some work as a newspaper reporter and it, with my background as nursing, they had a tendency to always give me the health articles, which was great, you know, because I had a background. But I really fell in love with the feature writing to go out and interview people from, I, I remember they called, they said, well, we know this isn't your area, but could you go interview this lady that's starting a karate uh, um, school? And I go, I knew nothing about karate other than there's black belts. That was all I knew. you know. And that was one of the best. I just had a wonderful time writing that article because it was a whole new world. So, not to write what you only know can, I don't know, can be very narrow. And there, yeah. There's a lot to discover out there. Yeah. Um, what what thing that you created uh, are you most proud of? Not necessarily the best selling or whatever, most popular, but what what did you write that you're just really proud of? That this like that was that really was something that was meaningful to you. I mean, was it a you blog know, post or a book or a compilation of you know like a what was it? Actually, you know what? I don't think it's written yet. And it's, it's kind of uh, interesting. You, you sent me that question ahead of time, so I was been thinking about that. And I said, I would really like to write a book that transforms people's lives and have some sort of legacy to it. And it, it's not written yet. I don't think it's written yeah. So maybe maybe this year I'm going to be hopeful. <laughs> but I think I think it's coming, but it's not there yet. So I would like to write with more depth and more love. Depth and love. I love that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, 1500 posts, that's there's probably a lot of impact there that you, you maybe not realize that you've uh, you, you you've made in people's life. No, oh, thank you on that. I have met such wonderful people through blogging. There is uh, two uh, readers that, uh, I'm a, a Christian blogger, and there's two readers that are Jewish that have followed me almost from the beginning that we actually have met three, four times in person. They're clear on the East Coast, and they're delightful husband and wife, and we've had some of the best conversations. And then we were traveling to Florida a couple years ago, and we were going to stop north of Georgia, and I found out one of my blogger friends just lived north of Atlanta. We were going to stop north of Atlanta, and one of our my blogger friends lived there. She said, stop for coffee. So out of the blue, we're stopping in this stranger's house for coffee. And so it's the connections and the stuff. So it the, the blogging and the, the richness I've gotten from blogging and the connections have just been priceless. Go back and think about Jean uh, when she was younger. You know, she wanted to, she always wanted to write, mm -hmm. but uh, she got into nursing and all that. You know, uh, what would you like to say to your younger writer self? I had to do it over again. I think I'd start a little bit earlier just because I've enjoyed this so much. I'm not sure if it would have happened that way, but I think I would have tried writing a little bit sooner. Uh, I allowed myself that time, that fun, that creativity earlier. Just because you love the writing part of yeah, it. I think so, yeah. 
it's yeah. been the creativity of it. It's just been enriching. I think creativity is something everybody has. And we, as adults, when we get so focused on having the paycheck or raising the family and almost just surviving <laughs> that day to day and the chaos of families and stuff, uh, we kind of for- lose ourselves in that and we forget that creativity. And I, I, I admire the artist's that could still do that. And I think in the second half of life, I've discovered that side of that. Do you, do you think that uh, now that you're retired um, and you don't need this to pay the mortgage and do you think that kind of took pressure off of things and you just enjoy it differently? It, yeah, I think it did take a, a, a pressure off because I'm not trying to pay all my bills through writing. Yes. I think there's a difference, but on the other hand, if if I'm going to buy a new laptop for my writing or if I'm going to go to these writers conference, I really make myself, I have to earn that money in order to do it. You know, so that's not when I go to a writer's conference or buy a new book or, uh, or whatever kind of add something to my blog that costs X number of dollars per year to add, that comes out of my writing income. So I do have a little bit of a pressure to earn some money in order to do it. And I would tell you that one thing I'm real excited about now is I live in a small rural area and we're in a kind of a small school district. And my husband and I want to start a, uh, a scholarship program up at our high school. And so part of my writing money is now going into that. So I That's do terrific. have a little urgency yeah. because I want to get that build up so we can start awarding scholarships sooner than not later so i'm excited about that well it, it sounds like you're the hardest working retired empty nester <laughs> I, <laughs> well like i said it's a ministry and i'm going to have a ministry until i can't do it anymore i think i mean you know? you're you're in your chair longer than most people are at work i mean you're just <laughs> you're working you're you know I, so you're taking I, it seriously thank you for that i i read a last year they well, I did two stories on that. I read last year they interviewed some, a man who was 75 years old, and he said he has made his list of his next 75 novels. <laughs> and I thought, what? <laughs> so I said, okay, I could keep working at this as long yeah. as I can. And then they had uh, Mary Higgins Clark. Was is, is, is She just turned like 90. Uh, they had it on the news, and she uh, signed a two-book contract. And I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, you know, we have age isn't an excuse. You know, if yeah. we've got the health and we could still contribute something, I think we should go for it. Uh, I read one of the one of the books I really enjoyed reading is uh, by Elizabeth Gilbert. Her book, um, Big Magic. You know, she's not yes, a Christian, I, but have I, you read? Yep. I and I I actually I got it uh, on Audible too, and I just love, um, I you know there's a lot of different you know uh, whatever theological differences, but her her take on um, the love of writing is just uh, for me it's just what in, it inspires me. I just love that just for the writing itself. You know, it's just it gives you it just gives you so much. I was on retreat last year. I do about four or five days silent retreats at least once a year. And it, th- that was the first time. It was just last year. It was right towards the end of the retreat, probably day four, I would think. It just dawned on me one day. I thought, I miss writing. And I thought, I cannot not write. And that was the first time I ever been able to say that. And then I thought, yeah, I am a writer. you know. So yeah. I cannot not right yeah i i was just feeling that way uh because i i just released the book and i've been working on on the editing and the formatting and uh, you know marketing things and yeah. it was like man i just want to write you know and today uh my book just launched like three days ago and i exactly. outlined I, I outlined the next book Oh, I'm so that. excited. I'm, I got the whole thing. I'm so excited because I, I just want to write. So. You just want to write. So you and I think alike on that. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's but uh, so, okay, this is the last question here. And uh, what w- what would you like to say to those younger uh, or not, not necessarily younger, but those uh, new 
Christian writers or people who want to, to write and they have, you know, maybe they they have an idea or they have partially formed manuscript. What would you like to say to them to encourage them to, to finish that or to keep on going? Or maybe those who are discouraged, maybe they got too many rejection notes. What would you like to say to them? I'm just two things I would say to him is that I think writing is a lifelong process. We can always learn more. There's always more out there. There's the next book to write, you know, so keep at it. And I would say, get in the chair and write. Don't just talk about it. Don't just read about it. Write, you know, do the work and the work and the work will come. Yeah. I would probably add onto that, you know, find, find, find some people, find a community, you know, that's, that's something, you know, at least by proxy, you know, listen to some podcasts or go to some, you know, forums. Yeah. You can't just be by yourself. Correct. Correct. And then that, that sharpens the saw enough that we keep growing and learning. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, one important place that you could go is healthyspirituality.org. For them to receive yeah. some encouragement. So, Jean, you want to just want to share a little bit about your blog. And you even have this little mini challenge about uh, helping authors build a platform. You talked about this 90, uh, this 100-day platform yeah, if builder. If you were interested in the process that I had after I uh, um, got rejected by the um, agent, I wrote up a little sheet, a little bit about the story, about some of the things that I did to kind of find the ideas and the, and I share my mind map in that. And that's a free printable. If, if any of your listeners would want it, they can get it at healthyspirituality.org forward slash platform, and they can get it and download it. And they can see what I mean when I talk about mind map and how I mind map some of the list building ideas that I had, some of the marketing ideas uh, on that. So I'd be glad to share that with you. And then I invite them over to the blog. You know, I, I, Loved getting to know new people through the blog in that way. So, so that challenge is you give them a hundred days worth of things that they can do. I mean, it's practical. Like all, a lot of us are thinking about how can we build a platform, and you actually uh, help them. I created a mind map. I created a mind map full of ideas, and then I applied it to my own calendar for how I was going to do it. I took several of those ideas on one week one and several of the ideas on week two. And so you can kind of be very creative in how you want to apply it your own way. But I think they might enjoy looking at the mind map. Well, thank you for spending some time with us, uh, Jean. Uh, hopefully people are going to check out your blog, healthyspirituality.org. And thank you. And God bless you on your writing journey. Thank you. I've enjoyed being and talking writing with you today. That has been delightful. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. We hope you found it helpful. If you like the show, please help us spread the word by subscribing to the podcast or by leaving a rating or review. You can connect with me on my website, tndone.net, where I have lots of helpful resources available to you for free. My website is tndone.net. That's spelled T-H-I-E-N-D-O-A-N.net. See you next time. And remember, you can change the world with your words.